How do you take down a criminal network hidden in the shadows? I tell them that I know that they're the ones who are running the largest child abuse website on the darknet. The journalists working to expose the darkest corners of the internet. That's your playroom floor. That's your baby's clothes. That's my house. The police who hunt down online predators. Did we create the environment that they're using? No, we didn't. We didn't make it. They made it. Hunting Warhead. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Want a weekly roundup of the best CBC Radio programming? Subscribe to the CBC Radio 1 newsletter. Get a digest of the week's top stories, read in-depth articles, listen to interviews and documentaries, and get the lowdown on upcoming stories from CBC Radio 1 that you need to hear. To subscribe, go to cbc.ca slash radio and look for the subscribe button. The CBC Radio 1 newsletter. Be informed. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. This is White Coat Black Art, the show about medicine from all sides of the gurney. Okay, so I'm going to show you my ostomy. It's not that exciting. This week, we're talking about a surgical procedure that makes many of us uncomfortable. And a young woman named Jessica Grossman is trying to change that. It's just a little, little gray, little bag right here. It sticks to my body with a little plastic disc, and then the bag clips on top of that. An ostomy is an operation that allows bodily waste to pass from the intestines through an opening or stoma located on the abdomen. The waste is collected into an ostomy bag attached to the stoma and emptied as needed by the patient. Ostomy Society Canada says roughly 70,000 Canadians have one. Like many others with ostomies, Jessica has Crohn's disease. Some have ulcerative colitis, others have bowel cancer. As you'll find out in a moment, Jessica posts beauty shots of her ostomy on Facebook and Instagram because she's on a campaign to end the stigma surrounding this life-saving procedure. And with good reason. Ten-year-old boy in Louisville takes his own life. Now questions on whether bullying is to blame. WDRB's Gilbert Corsi... We're talking ostomies this week because of a ten-year-old boy you may have heard of from Louisville, Kentucky. His name was Seven Bridges. In January, Seven died by suicide. His mother, Tammy Charles, says he was bullied at school. Most children who get bullied, they get to a point and they fight back. My son didn't have that. We are going to launch a full investigation to see how any complaints were handled, and there will be a full review um, to see all the steps that took place uh, once this parent uh, raised issues with the school. As reported, one of the issues under investigation is whether Seven was bullied because of his bowel condition. The 10-year-old was born with a birth defect in his bowels. He had 26 surgeries. And still, there were leaks and odor issues. Seven's death prompted people to share photos of their own ostomy bags on Instagram and Facebook with the hashtag bags out for seven. I was bullied for most of my life, so I understand what it's like to wake up every day and ask myself, why even bother? Jessica, who you heard at the top, is one of the most prominent Canadians to do that. The answer that I forced myself to remember time and time again was that I was given a second chance at life because of my ostomy bag and that I should do everything I could to live, no matter the circumstances. The 29-year-old founder and spokesperson for UncoverOstomy.org, Jessica is also getting others to bear their ostomies to address the stigma. I told you, it's all about Instagram. 
All right. right. Let's see if this is going to work now. Hey, guys. I'm uh, doing Instagram Live. I'm on uh, White Coat Black Art over here uh, on CBC Radio. Did I get to say hi? You get to say hi. Hi. People will show her tech savvy and her ostomy were both on full display when she came to our studio. Jessica Grossman, welcome to White Coat Black Art. Thank you for having me. So I understand you have a special anniversary? Oh, yes. I just celebrated my 16th ostomy anniversary, so I am now the proud parent of a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard of anybody celebrating an anniversary of an ostomy. Why not? I'm alive because of it. Of course I have to celebrate. Um, Actually, to be very, very blunt, I forgot again. I've forgotten for the last couple of years that my mom text me every time because she remembers it more than I do because it's just part of my life now. But it's been 16 years. Yeah. And uh, you have Crohn's disease. I have Crohn's disease and I will probably forever have Crohn's disease. So tell me about all of the operations and all the stuff you had that led to the ostomy. Oh God, how much time do you have? Um, So long story short, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease when I was nine years old after being sick for about a year. Uh, My uncle has Crohn's, so we kind of knew what it was. Um, I was relatively okay until I got the stomach flu between uh, at the age of 11 and it shook my body and my Crohn's disease flared and I was in Sickkid's Hospital for two years uh, until I was 13. Two years? I mean, in and, in out, and out, but like mostly in because when I would be out, I would be so exhausted. I wouldn't sleep at night. I would go to school. Don't ask me why my parents sent me and just like sleep on the desk and my teachers would be like, you need to leave. So I would kind of go home, but not really. And so um, after two years of lots of different diets, lots of medication, lots of tests, there really wasn't much else we could do. I was told I had toxic megacolon, and my decisions were to let that take over my body or have my colon uh, and some of my small intestine removed and be given an ileostomy, a permanent one. So what did you think when you saw it? When you when you woke up from surgery and you realized that, that wow, I got an ostomy? Um, I was well prepared ahead of time. Um, we The surgeon is actually a family friend, uh, Dr. Jack Langer, whose wife has an ostomy. So she actually came in to meet me and show off her bag and she's wearing jeans and wow. she's had it for a while and I was like okay cool. Jack Langer's a classmate of mine. Oh no way. Yes, yes so he I... did my surgery. Wow. <laughs> and yeah I mean I knew what I was getting prepared for. I mean at a very high level obviously you can't know what an ostomy is until you actually have it but I, I wasn't surprised by most of it I'll say that. So how do you feel about showing it to me? Uh, we can do that. Uh, I show it to pretty much anyone who asks uh, because it's just part of me and we need to spread awareness about it. You want to see it right now? Yeah. Okay. Do I I'm have a doctor. To, do I have to like talk through me doing this because sure. we're on radio? Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that, would, so, that would help. Okay. So it's basically just a little bag right here. It's like pretty small. Mm-hmm. Um, it's There's a piece that sticks to my stomach called a flange and then there's a bag that clips on top. Lots of different kinds, lots of different sizes. And it's for me, it's really, really low. So it's uh, just below my belly button. Um, and it's really not that exciting. <laughs> so give me the quick 10 cent tour of how it works. Okay. So uh, the ostomy is... Uh, Uh, There's a phalange that sticks to my stomach. It's like the plastic sticky disc. And then there's an ostomy bag that clips on top. And that comes in a lot of different shapes and sizes and functionalities. And it's very small. And it's really nothing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And, you know, I I sense you don't want to go to the other part of it. Basically, it fills up. You empty it. Yeah, pretty much. So my, um, I have a stoma, which is like a little opening where my intestines were brought to the outside of my stomach. It looks like a little rosebud. And that's where I go to the bathroom. I pee normally. People always ask if it's like all the same. And it's like, that's not how 
the body works, you should go back to school. Um, but so I pee like a normal person. <laughs> Is it is it a is it a big bother to to deal with it during the day? Are there days when it's more of a bother than others? Honestly, it's uh, it's been sixteen years, so it's hard to remember. But what I do remember, it's way better because I was so sick with Crohn's that I basically was in the bathroom for like every, every night, the whole night was in the bathroom, and then I wouldn't be sleeping during the day. So, uh, as comparison to that, it's wonderful. Um, on the flip side, though, you know, I have to be careful with what I eat. Um, I can have some issues with skin. Sometimes I have to be a little bit creative with the clothing that I wear. But overall, uh, it's really no different than just having a human body. I have learned more about living with an ostomy in the last five minutes than I have in my entire career as an emergency physician. <laughs> and I'm struck by the fact that a lot of people have ostomies. Yeah. Very few, I would say, almost none are as open as you. Yeah. So were you always that way as a 14-year-old, 15-year-old? Here, let me show you my ostomy. <laughs> Actually, I kind of was. I was really, really happy that I was alive and it was the reason I was alive. And people didn't know what it was, and, and it was part of who who I am. And so I needed to explain it to people. I mean, I maybe didn't always need to explain it to people, but I, I just kind of did. And, and for me, it was like, you get to know exactly who I am, a little bit of my history. And if you want to you know, know me, be my friend, then that's what you get. So, yeah. You have a huge presence on social media. We're uh, you, we are hosting. You are hosting our our interview on Instagram as we speak. Facebook, uh, Twitter. You started posting shots of yourself with your ostomy bag, clearly visible with Uncover Ostomy uh, back in two thousand nine. What's been the reaction to that? Uh, the first reaction was actually not what I expected, and it was a lot of the ostomy community being like, "That's not real. You're not a real ostomy." Is is the term for it? Really? Yeah, like. Because I have very, very small scars. I was very lucky. Thank you, Dr. Langer. Um, he did it uh, laparoscopically. So my, my scars are like little teeny caterpillars where most people had big, long incisions in their abdomen. And I didn't have that. So when I had pictures of me with the tiny scars you could barely see, and I was young and, you know, proud about it, people just thought it was made up. To the point where I had to literally film a video being like, hello, it's right here. And I had friends like respond back to comments being like, why would you say that? Obviously, it's real. Who who makes this up for the internet? Like, it's so weird. But um, since then, people have accepted <laughs> that it's real. Um, and I've had nothing, again, from what I see, but positive reaction, uh, mostly to, to what I post and what I write and what I talk about. And uh, now I just, I have a lot of awesome people who follow me and I, I thank them, really. People reach out to you for support? for They have questions? Yeah, almost like every other day. Mm -hmm. um, I get people either through um, our Facebook page, slash Uncover Ostomy on Facebook, through Twitter, through Instagram, like my personal Instagram, at Jess Grossman, um, in the direct messages. Uh, we'll get emails. I get doctors referring patients to me. You're um, kidding. Yeah. I, I, mean, huh. I'm, I mean, in Toronto mostly. I've had a couple of phone calls around the world. Um, but uh, people just reach out to me. Tell me about the people who reach out to you. Oh, I get questions, of course, about like, what, how do I dress or like, what can I eat? Um, I get some medical questions where I definitely say I'm not a doctor as much as my parents wish I had been. <laughs> um, but I say, you know, that this is my experience, but you should go talk to your doctor. Um, I get a lot of questions about dating. 
And, you know, I do my best just to provide support and show that you can live a totally normal life with an ostomy. Dating. Uh, when I think of dating, I think the big, the big, the moment, the big reveal. When you, when you, it, how big a deal is that for the people who are writing in? Uh, it's a big deal for a lot of people. Um, and I speak to people of all ages. So a lot of the, the people I've spoken to, mostly women in this circumstance, but I'll get women who are unfortunately um, in a relationship or just got out of a relationship potentially marriage where their husband did not accept them after ostomy surgery and they just think that dating is over for them and what I really tell them is you just happen to pick the wrong guy the first time but that doesn't mean the the right guy isn't out there so I get a lot of that and then of course I get teens who you know are in the dating world and and are just starting out so they don't really know what to do and and uh, I try and answer as best as I, I can there. The you are in the business of destigmatizing ostomies. Mm-hmm. You can't destigmatize something that doesn't have a stigma in the first mm-hmm. place. I want you to talk about the stigma around surrounding ostomies. Uh, there's a lot of different stigmas um, at, at various levels. So the first one that I was exposed to was the fact that it's an old person thing. Um, oh. That was a lot because social media hadn't really evolved. And I remember as soon as I was out of the hospital, my parents took me to an ostomy support group. And it was all people over the age of 55. So f- even for not me. Not that there's anything wrong no, with no, people no. over the age of 55. 100% not. But as you know, a 13-year-old at the time, I was like, am wow. I the only one like my age? And then sick kids had a great support group. And then social media you know, kind of happened. Um, so that's one of them. And to be honest, a lot of the ostomy company marketing was very focused to the older generation. That's since changed. Um, but that was a stigma that was around. And then the other stigmas are just really about the fact that it's, they think it's gross. People say that, you know, like, it's just, it has to do with, you know, shit. Sorry if I'm not allowed to say that, but like, that's never, it's never fun to talk about. It's never nice to talk about. So um, people associate ostomies with being smelly, which I don't know, I'm near you. I don't smell. You can attest to that. Um, And it just, you know, us being unclean or anything uh, around that topic, but you know, there's there's always something you can find wrong with with anything, and the ostomy just is something that you can find a lot of different things about to to be negative about. We reached out to you specifically because of the story of Seven Bridges, the mm-hmm. the uh, yeah the ten year old boy who was bullied at one time in his life for having an ostomy. Yeah, <laughs> I I have no words. Like, um, I mean it. It was very upsetting to read about. I mean, suicide is just terrible. I've I've been uh, around it uh, a couple times. Um, And I've personally dealt with a lot of uh, issues with depression, but not ostomy related, like just being a human being uh, in the world. Um, But they were saying that he was bullied. They were saying that he was bullied because he smelled and whether that was made up or he actually did have problems with smell. There's like, I don't smell. Not like everyone I know with an ostomy is totally fine. So it's just, they didn't have the right support to just handle that part of their, his body and, and his life. And, and it just is very sad to me because I think part of the fact that people don't know about ostomies, it's still not so widely accepted like cancer where you know there's people out there. You know there's organizations. A lot of people still don't know. And so they deal with it themselves and things like this happen and this this shouldn't have happened. The Bags Out for Seven is an initiative that came from Seven Bridges' death. How much buy-in has there been to that? There's been a lot of people in the ostomy community. I think I <laughs> I... I wouldn't say everyone, but most people who are on social media have posted something um, or commented on something related to it because it really struck 
the whole community. Like this just should not have happened. And it's the first time we've heard of it happening. So what is it? What is the that, that campaign that has come from the death? Uh, it's The Bags Out for Seven is basically just being proud of having an ostomy and showing it and um, showing that there are people living lives just perfectly normally and that you're not alone. Uh, we've been talking about stigma. We've been talking about public reaction. What about people like me? What do, where do physicians, nurses, other healthcare providers fit into the stigma behind ostomy bags? Oh, man, it, you're phase one in this. And, and right now, there isn't a lot of buy-in um, to the positive ostomy discussion from the doctors and the surgeon, which is very, very disappointing to me. I do get tons of people saying they've had questions for their surgeon or for their GI doctor, and they don't have any ostomy-related answers for them. They're kind of saying it in a way that, well, you're having this ostomy because nothing else worked, and then they kind of, to them, to the surgeons and the doctors, it feels like failure because it feels like they couldn't solve Crohn's or colitis or any other related thing with medication or other treatments and that the ostomy is the last resort. So they're kind of like, not that happy about it. And then these patients have all these questions and it's the first time they've ever heard about this for a lot of them and then here they are with nowhere to go. There isn't the right conversation happening from that that day where a doctor says you have to have surgery. And so I'm actually working on an initiative uh, with Dr. Zane Cohen um, from the Zane Cohen Center at Mount Sinai Hospital to solve this problem, to give doctors a resource to give to patients. So as soon as they're told, okay, either you might have to have ostomy surgery or you will have ostomy surgery, the doctors don't have to worry about giving the right information. They just have to say, go here. And so we're still working on it. We've um, been asking a lot of our community to contribute to this project that we're working on, um, but I'm hoping to launch it in the coming months. Um, and it should be an amazing resource for people with ostomies, people who don't have ostomies, people might who might be getting them um, worldwide. Well, let's hope that this initiative works and that uh, Uncover Ostomy continues to be successful. And uh, might I add, happy 16th <laughs> Ostomy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't uh, celebrate yet, but uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll go get a nice piece of cake or something. <laughs> nice to speak with you. You do. As she mentioned, Jessica Grossman is working on a project with doctors at Sinai Health System in Toronto to make sure people like Seven and his family have the resources they need to thrive with an ostomy. You're listening to White Coat Black Art. This week, bringing ostomies out into the open to help end the stigma. Yeah, that was an amazing interview. Great. Yeah. Glad you liked it. So Karen Bruton knows a lot about that. She's a frontline nurse who specializes in wound, ostomy, and continence care, or NSWOC for short. In her 34-year career, Bruton has taught dozens of patients how to live with an ostomy. She's also helped develop guidelines for nurses. We reached Bruton in our Victoria studio. Karen Bruton, welcome to White Coat Blackheart. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate being on and being able to talk about ostomies. We just heard about stigma from Jessica's point of view and how she deals with it. As an ostomy nurse on the front lines, how big a thing is stigma towards ostomies? It's huge. Even the frontline nurses, there's stigma even with, with them in caring. And it's so easily seen, such as um, sneering, uh, facial expressions, uh, that patients will comment to me after the fact when I come in and talk to them. You mean you're actually talking about eye rolling from, from nurses? Yep. And the, due to the odor and the affluent and lack of knowledge by frontline staff, 
it's so important to be able to have that straight face and add a bit of laughter in being able to care for these people who are having major psychosocial issues in dealing with a change in lifestyle. Do, do people are, are you do they do you just talk to them about about the appliance or are you like a counselor oh, no. to them? No, counseling is so important. We talk about lifestyle changes in living. People usually for the first two to four months are homebound. They refuse to go out. They're so fearful of leakage and the smell or the odor. Counseling is so important. And Enswak Nurse has the knowledge and ability to be able to sit and actively listen and have a good understanding of what the person's going to be experiencing. It's so important to be able to, to just listen to the people. They're all so different, and their focuses, strengths and weaknesses are so different. And um, it's being able to pick up on what they actually need uh, the support with. Some are into sports, and it's dealing with what once they're strong enough and, and recuperated, can they go back to playing hockey or soccer? Um, some like to do yoga, and they're fearful of doing the stretches. Is it going to ruin, take the seal off the pouch? Sexual relations is a huge topic. There is a and you talk you, t- you talk to them about that. Sexual relations yeah. is so important. I always bring it up. It's important to approach the subject. Some don't want to delve into it or talk about it. But within three to six months, I do have uh, persons that will come back and start to open up and talk about sexual relations. I talk about how the other person might be feeling in the relationship. I talk about the support and being open and honest. It's so important to be able to open up these subjects about sexual relations because in life, it is so important to have that special person support you in your life. To what extent does uh, an ostomy lead to some marital difficulties? Perception, body image, and some spouses will want nothing to do with it. Um, some are very supportive and they will actually change the appliance and care for the, the person's medical needs, changing the appliance. It really varies from person to person. And, I, you know, we recently heard, and I'm, I'm sure you did too, about the tragic case of a 10-year-old boy in the U.S. who apparently died by suicide after, after being bullied about his ostomy. What are we to make of that? It is so sad to hear such sad stories like this. It varies. In the States, it's slightly different. But in Canada, everyone should have the Canada Health Act states that we should all have equal access to care. In fact, it's not. In the city areas, you have strong teams like Sick Kids Hospital. They have an amazing team at being able to support families and children with ostomies. In the rural areas, very limited. There needs to be more resources. And again, it comes down to finances. But it is so important that 
there be resources for psychosocial issues for persons that have stomas, especially for kids. In your experience or talking to, to your colleagues, have, have you heard of any child or adult who's been bullied in the way that, that this unfortunate 10-year-old was in the United States recently? Uh, only from the patient's perspective. Uh, and they've had problems in their work in dealing where where they've had to empty their, their pouching and uh, people have complained about the smell and the odor. But it's the patient's perception and uh, they're very hard on themselves and they're very aware of, uh, fearful of what other people may think about them and it's giving that support in allowing them to feel good about themselves, that this is a medical condition. And like, I, I'm amazed with Jessica in her personality. She is a brilliant um, person with confidence and resilience. And I'm sure it's taken her many years to, to get there. But her dynamic personality, I would love to see <laughs> see Jessica in every hospital in being able to support uh, persons with ostomies. Uh, she's she's amazing. Mm. And, and Jessica's website and her outgoing personality, I'd love to see, ha- have her in every single city in Canada and town. Younger people like Jessica are certainly more open about about ostomies, just as younger people seem to be more open about their lives on social media. Do you think attitudes towards ostomies are changing, particularly among young people? I do believe attitudes are changing. I do believe bullying is in the spotlight. It still happens, but there's more of awareness these days than years ago. And I do believe social media is such an important vehicle to get the message out. The more people know about ostomies and what that involves, the less you're going to have bullying. It's important to be out there because most people don't know what an ostomy is and those who do usually don't understand it and have some misconceptions that can lead to the negative stigma that's out there. So I just like to show it my way with the positive spin. Taking a page from Jessica Grossman's efforts to uncover ostomies, we've produced a short video of Jessica uncovering hers. You can watch the video at cbc.ca slash whitecoat. I mean, they're a big deal in the fact that they save lives, but after that, they're just a normal part of people's bodies. One small step in ending the stigma. That's our show for this week. To let us know what you thought of the program, email us at whitecoat at cbc.ca or post to our blog at cbc.ca slash whitecoat. I'm on Twitter at NightShiftMD and the show is at CBC Whitecoat. We're also on Facebook. To listen anytime, download the CBC Radio app or the Radio Player Canada app. Our podcast is available at subscriptions.cbc.ca, on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're looking for the latest in health news and analysis, Subscribe to Second Opinion at subscriptions.cbc.ca. White Coat Black Art was produced this week by Jeff Goods with help from Sujata Berry and digital producers Sinisha Jolik and Ruby Buiza. Our senior producer is Donna Dingwall. That's medicine from my side of the gurney. I'm Brian Goldman. See you next week.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.